so often we are referred to as queen. But have you ever stopped to admire the beauty of your crown? Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter Live. I always say Periscope, but it is no more Periscope. It is Twitter Live. And um, welcome from all our other streaming channels as well, um, those that will catch the broadcast later. Well, it is not Thursday night. It's Wednesday night, and we moved this show, particularly um, because we have a special show for uh, the NFL draft tomorrow and Friday. So we decided to move this show to today and just a, uh, another program note, there's something going on with Facebook groups um, with the streaming, so the stream may be cut short. So this is why I always tell people to always subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you get the alert when we're going live. So if you're on a Facebook group or if you're in a Facebook group watching a broadcast and it cuts off, that does not mean that we stopped it. There's a bug going on with Facebook and Facebook is actually working on it. So if you're in the group, just be mindful you might go want to go to the YouTube page and tune in. And um, without further ado, Ms. Dozier. Yes. What's going on? Nothing much, Quentin. Good evening. How are you? Oh, today was a great day. I mean, outside of the rain in um, the area I live in that just started, oh, 80 degrees, early 80s. The Northeast kind of needed that weather. It was beautiful. Yes. I'm pretty sure a lot of people went to the park, smelt that fresh air. And, um, you know, it's just letting us know that May is coming. And, you know, as we say in our um, thing, I water you, you water me, and we grow together. And as you quite eloquently told me all week was, April was the month to plant those seeds. May is the month for those seeds to come into fruition. So... I'm delighted that we have a show, and tonight we're going to discuss what? A recap or a review of the first five jewels that we've created for our crown. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a, a question. Is it, it, in reference to the book, is it important, how important is it to understand those jewels one by one? And taking your time and understanding each one and why um, you placed each one, one jewel at a time, not one before the other. Um, explain to us the importance of that. So um, in writing the book, there were many different approaches that I could have taken to, to get to the end point, which is the throne. 
And, you know, the whole premise of the book was around the idea that we call each other kings and queens, but we really don't have like a common definition or a common common understanding of what that is. And so my goal in focusing on the crown and focusing on the throne was to give us that common understanding of what we're talking about when we refer to each other as kings and queens. And so the importance of the jewels is that these are very specific aspects of your life that you can pay attention to in order to, number one, identify what they are. Number two, understand what you feel about them, what you think about them, what your experiences has been. Number three, make up some new ideas about what you'd like to do going forward. And then the purpose of taking the time with the jewel to create it. Each chapter allows you to create your own jewel, however you want to do that. And the importance of that is that it's tactile. One of, one tact of, one of the things that I noticed, and, and excuse me for cutting you off. That's one okay. Of things, one of the things that I noticed, and sometimes uh, um, I, I, what I'll do is I'll look at the rebroadcast of our show, look at the comments, see how things went. And what I noticed when we went over last week, when we went over your standards part two, was as a virtual book club and, and what you're trying to create with reading the book together and going, going piece by piece is you can't begin to understand your standards until you understand your gift. And this is why in the beginning of the book, and I do believe this is in your expertise is why you put your gift, which, which you explained your gift is yourself because you have to worry about, you know, and I always say this is a selfish thing, and you always correct me, is that you have to be to the point where you're so selfish in, in your journey that, okay, work on your gift, which is you. Then the next three. And then you can get to your standards. So many times we get caught up in your opening, as you always say, we get caught up with standards and expectations and doing all that. When we, we yet have really, discovered who we are who we are yeah so exactly me, I, I, I had noticed that because i went over the broadcast last week and i said and i did some research and i was thinking about it and i said you know it's very unique it's very unique how you really really placed everything in order i appreciate that quentin and thank you i was watching the rebroadcast too and you know sometimes when you're in the process of creating things you think that you're doing it the way that you want it to be done, but you're not really sure until you get a chance to like experience it with other people. And um, in looking at the rebroadcast, going back even to like to your gift, what, what you were saying, I do see even more clearly for myself because I always, you can, this is a book that you can always go back to. Anybody in the chat, or that may watch the rebroadcast. But you know how they tell people in the 12-step program, this is your book, this is your guide? This is sort of like that guide. This is sort of a, a book where when you're rediscovering yourself, and, and, and it can happen a lot of times, unfortunately, we do it after bad situations, uh, work, something something change up in the home. But you could just say, you know what, every year I'm a 
reread this book like Julia watches The Wire every year. So you could say every year I'm going to go over my gift. I'm going to go over everything of my yearly accomplishment. I've been journaling all year. Let me reread my journal. What was I thinking about April 27th for last year? April 28th last year. What was I thinking about? Where was I at? Where was I at work? How did I view myself? So that's one of the one of the 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 true um, things that I'm getting out of this book is that you know it's just not a type of book where I'm gonna read a book, make some points, and then no, it's supposed to give you that crown back that you had that you once had, and it helps you rediscover your crown again. So you know, I thought that's you. You never cease to amaze me with this book. Thank you, Quentin. Oh, but no, that's said, the beauty of it. Said, I go back to your little. You said this was your little girl, and Crown Rules Two was your little boy. So, yeah, my babies, my babies. But um, and that's one of the things that I enjoy about the book is I do go back every year, and I do what I like about it, even though um, it's um, positioned as a journaling experience. It's not that day to day routine. Um, journaling that you would do. It's it's really journaling on these very key points of your life that you can pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And so as you're writing down what you're thinking this year about your gift, about your heart, about your love, as you go through your journey, you go back next year at this time to look at it, you'll see that your mind state may have totally changed and you have some new thoughts and new some new goals about it then. But you can also look back and, and be proud of what you've accomplished in the time as well on these particular areas. And that's why the jewels are so important, because as I was saying, they're tactile. I'm really asking people to like. When you think of yourself as a gift, what color jewel is that? Because connecting, connecting your connecting your mind to the idea that your gift is a particular color, that your gift is you, and that's a particular color. As you're moving through certain situations, you can that color will come to mind. It's like, wait a minute, my gift is being compromised or my gift is being honored. So that's why the jewels are important. Okay. Yeah. So so to reiterate, you 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 said that um we to recap. The first jewel that you you should acknowledge is your gift, which is yourself. Yourself. Your gift is yourself. No, the the key point, the key point in that chapter, the first chapter, is that creation, creation is scientific, right? There's there's that sperm that travels to that egg, and then you know, all of this wonderful things happen inside of that universe. So it's scientific. And it takes actually do you think that um like how can I say from we because a lot of times and when people need these type of books to to rediscover or to reevaluate where their self is at, we don't want always people to read to to pick up the book when they're in that dark place to always be able to pick up the book when they're on top as well right do do you think what what point do you think that a person is going just through living life and they're not realizing that their self is the gift? I think that if you've never taken the opportunity to think of yourself in that way, that that you've never taken the opportunity to think of yourself in that way. And, you know, that's what I was saying is that 
the act of creation is scientific, but it's also very sacred. Like none of us, none of us were guaranteed to be here, but we're here, right? And I think especially now in this last year where so many people have, have been lost, the idea of mortality is real. Like people we didn't even expect or imagine to no longer be here are no longer here. Hmm. You know, I mean, just in the last, what, two weeks, we've lost, what, DMX, Black Rob, and Shock G? Yeah. And, you know, DMX, on that point, lived out his talents. But whatever occurred within his life, and you talked about, you know, someone introducing him to drugs at that very young age and him becoming addicted. He may not have had a continual period of time where he could just honor himself as the gift, as his own gift. You know, it's it's amazing. Um, because of what's been going on, you 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 start really listening to his music a little bit more keen. And mm. and, and, I, and he really um his art. He really took you on his journey. Mm -hmm. and you, when you really sit back and listen, like he took you, he visualized everything that was going on with himself and his art, and like you, you were there. You were, you were with him in the moment. You felt the energy. And a lot of artists, and this is why it goes back to my question that I always ask people: Does art imitate life, or life imitate art? And I always ask people. I always ask poets that, I always ask authors, I ask authors that, I ask singers that, because I want the purpose of the question and why I want people to, to answer it is because a lot of you guys, and I say you because you're an author and a poet as well, a lot of you guys, you guys have to be in a place where you're teaching and allowing other people to see you guys' vision. So I always say, does art imitate life or life imitate art? And I always catch people off guard when I ask them the question. So in saying that about DMX is that, you know, him taking us on a journey as well as a lot of other rappers and, the, you know, what the guys guys and the young ladies do on Poetry Corner is it's a very interesting thing. And mortality and being, being like you said, being protected um, – from a young from a young age and, and understanding that you have the gift. You are the gift. Yeah. You are uh, a precious. human being is precious and um sacred and, and being honored and being honorable and being held accountable. Like your your life, whether a person realizes it and we want people to realize it, that your life means a lot to them, but sometimes people have to realize that your life, you're important to a lot of other people. And that's where um, I think a lot of people get missing and they'll be like, you know, I'm going to do this because, you know, I, I got the efforts and I'm going to just be like, you know, nobody cares. But a lot of people relies on on you being who you are. You know, it's, a lot there's of, no yeah. one like you. There's no one yeah. like you. Yeah. Everybody. So, so T. Lachelle said, I've made it a point to write out my responses to the activities on sticky notes. Thank you, T. Yeah. Lachelle. Because it, it was my intent to journal my transition. 
And 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 T Lachelle, that that really is, and you know, um, I'm not trying to speak for Julia when I say it. That I believe is the purpose of her book, is because we always want to be those type of people that approach themselves, you know, because we always gotta have that self talk. And you'd be like, you know, am I tripping or am I tripping? Am I tripping or, you know, you'd be, as they say, some people say your consciousness, your third eye, um, you know, you got to, you know, you got to see all things. You got to have eyes behind the back of your head. So you always want to approach yourself and look at yourself to to better your particular self because nobody's perfect, but everybody's striving for perfection. So yes. You always, wanna, you always wanna continue to attack that. I'm so happy that you're that you're that you're journaling your transition to Glashow. Good evening. Um, but I would say um uh, for you and to anybody else who's in the chat or who has purchased the book or planning on purchasing the book, it's so important to also write in the book to connect your words to connect your words and your thoughts and your ideas to the chapter. Because when you do go back to it, let's say in that year's time, um, you'll be able to you know, skim through the chapter, but to also see in the book what you actually wrote. And Tila Shal, if you need another copy, I got you. <laughs> but make sure you write it in the book. Writing it I'm, in the book is I'm so I'm gonna ask you a question. Um... Julia, you I, I, I never asked you this. This is this I'm gonna catch you off guard with this question. Uh oh. We before we started this show. Yes. I said, not this show, before we started doing uh crown rules, not crown yes. rules, the crown rules. I said, Come yeah, I'm, I'm, love. I'm, no, before we started this one. This one, okay. Um I said, Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, go over the book and this, and you was like, No, don't go over that book. Wait until the second edition come. What is the the main difference that you see as an author you wanted to come across different from the first edition to the second edition? You did catch me off guard with that question. And I have to be honest with my answer. Um, as I share with you, I think I was in a period of transition when I wrote the first edition. And so I put everything in it. I put everything in it, like the light, the dark, the in-between, it was a lot, it was a lot. And when I went back to to read it, because I was starting to- Oh, you said the same thing to T. Lachelle, huh? Huh? Don't go, don't go through the first edition. You said that to T. Lachelle too? <laughs> <laughs> I said, um, you know, I was proud that I was able to publish the book, but on another level, I did not feel that it met the highest level of expectation for a reader. I felt like that book was more for me. Mm. And so as I was thinking about putting it out again, because I was just going to change the cover and make some minor edits and just, you know, release it, re-release it as a first edition. And I said, no, I need to I need to change this, because like you said, Quentin, not everybody's in a dark place. Not everybody's having trouble. There there are a lot of people who feel satisfied with where they are and just want to do some maybe fine tuning or some reflection. And so the book has to be able to meet them where they're at, too. And so I think the major change is that 
it's a little bit more, it digs a little deeper. I was thinking, I was thinking that, and the reason why I asked the question is because when you look at the book and um, for anybody that ever frequents Barnes and Nobles, is Barnes and Nobles just like any other bookstore. Books are in sections. So if you had to go on Barnes and Noble and find Julia's book, what section would it be? Would it be in self self help? Would it be in mental health? Would it be an inspirational? What section would Julia's book in? Um, Nicole uh, King, Tila Shaw. I know you guys are in the chat watching. I want to ask you guys that question. What section do you think in Barnes and Noble Julia's book could be in? I know it's a a, a funny question, but just think about it because basically. Um, your answer will tell us a lot about how you view the book. Not in, not like your answer will be wrong or right, because like you said, whatever you have in get, getting out of this book, that's great for you in your journey. Um, T. Lachelle says self-development. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, why wouldn't it be in self-development? I mean, think about it. If you walked in there, you walked in Barnes and Noble, you know how everybody treats you good in there, and you know you want to run over to the section and get you a coffee, and then you see the magazines, and you know they got the little inspirational books right there. Mm. By, um, John Maxwell got a bunch of books, and, you know, yes. the table, they got the little five dollar books for for leadership and mm -hmm. uh, ways to, and then you might see Julia's book right there, self development. Thank you, T. Lachelle. I mean, and, and that's and that's something, Jules. Um, that we are your audience. Um, how we view how we view your book. I believe your book will probably be in self development, inspirational. It could it could dip dab into the mental health aspect. So it's it's interesting. Um, it's, so it's, mm -hmm. go ahead. It's um it's it's really. It's really about self-identity mm. because I think we're created, right? And that, you know, has that scientific aspect and it has that sacred energy to it. And we're all unique and different, but there are experiences that we may have in life that will alter or can alter the intent uh, for the reason why we're here. And I think it's important for all of us to be able to take a breather, to take a time out and to reflect on who we are, who we are as a result of those experiences. But more importantly, who do we choose to be going forward? So, so not to skip, not to skip over your priorities, which is second after your gift, when we go into where the book would be, it might be close to the medical part when you start talking about issues dealing with the heart, which is part three. And, and we described on that particular show how the actions and the health of the heart controls everything. Mm -hmm. um, do, do, do you have, I mean, you know, you ask us, you get a survey of 100 people most hundred people will tell you, well, I got a good heart. I mean, do you? I mean, Can do, I... you got a good heart. Do you feed your heart good food? Do you feed your heart good thoughts? Do you feed your heart good people? Good people. 
How do you have a good heart? If you're judging your heart, what makes your heart good? Here's, here's the um the summary. So after we create every the the way the book is 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 um sectioned out is different chapters. It's four chapters. The, the first five chapters that we're talking about tonight are in the um section called creation. Like from my perspective, these are the things that really help to formulate our identity in terms of how we think about ourselves and how we think about others. So this is the baby and stage. This is the this is the this is the foundation. This is the foundation. And so when it says um, in the recap on page 97, when it's talking, when it talks about your heart, it says your heart is one of your most valuable possessions. It is worthy of care, attention, respect and love. It's what you lead with. It is strong enough to guide you, honor and protect it with the choices you make. Your health choices, your diet choices, your experiences, honor it. Do you think do you think that um I know one thing that 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 bothers a lot of people, whether we realize it or not, and I'll use it as a question to you. Do you think that people realize how their diet affects their mood? No, I don't believe they do. I think um sugars, carbohydrates, processed foods, all of those things are, you know, the body can process them, but it takes more energy to process them. They don't feed all of your organs in your body. And so they can make you sluggish and where you might feel like you want to accomplish all of these things. If you're not in, in taking the proper foods or nutrients, you may not have the energy or strength to, you know, accomplish what you want to accomplish. And then also I realize it now since I'm um, fasting for, for medical reasons, for health reasons, that sugar addiction is a beast. It's a beast. I don't know if people really realize how how much they sacrifice just to get sugar into their system, like sodas, cakes, pies, like all of those things, your body craves them. And I mean, as you're trying even, to even, eliminate even, them. Even to the point where you could, um, you could not, you could be trying to fast and doing that stuff. And you know that you need some sugar so bad where your mouth will water just for a piece of fruit because you know the fruit is sweet. The fruit, the fruit is sweet, and, and you know, natural sugars is natural sugars. I'm not trying to tell nobody don't mess with natural sugars, but what, and we're not trying to be health experts on the show. No. But we just want people to understand that um, me and Julia and myself believe in having in not only saying you got a good heart, but treating your heart well. Do you love your heart? Do you love your if heart? You, if you if you love your heart enough, you'll treat it right. You'll You'll take care of it. You'll give it its proxy oxygen. You'll you'll do everything to make that blood flow smoothly. Get it pumping. So T. Lachelle said, this book is part of my top three with Vaishya. I don't know who that is. The Code of mm -hmm. Extraordinary Mind. Interesting book. Nice. And T. Harv Eckers, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Thank, Thank you, T. Lachelle. <laughs> That's so. That's a great that's compliment. That's amazing. It is. That's a great compliment. King said, "True facts. Love your heart." Love so your that's, heart. That's our, that's that's going to be our theme for the till next week. Did you love your heart today? 
So we want people to love their heart today. Love your heart. And, 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 and it's important because, like I said, me and Julia had a conversation. When we did the heart show, we had a real conversation behind that show um, to, to just share ideas about understanding what that organ is in your in our chest cavity um, it, it pumps blood but it's the root of all your emotions your emotions which is why choices you know when we talk about healthy healthy heart choices a lot of times we think about food but healthy heart choices are also the relationships that we engage in it's not just a broken heart you know, that can be tough and difficult to deal with. Everybody will experience them. So, you know, sometimes it can't be avoided, but it's the stress, the stress, the, the, the worrying, the anxiousness or the anxiety that raise your high blood pressure and affect your heart and its ability to support your body. You know, so as much as possible, you know, if you can't, and we experience stressors every day, outside of, you know, relationship or whatever, but mm -hmm. there's also meditation, prayer, listening to your favorite music, having some me time, you know, time where you take care of yourself, but honoring, honoring your heart and your, and your body in that way to counteract some of those things. We also talked about priorities. What did you think about that, about that show and that chapter? I, I think that, um, a lot of times people people have a um issue with with their priorities with not with not making themselves their their gift them like definitely people with kids or say or say or people with parents still alive they sometimes put everything their mate their parents their children ahead of them and saying oh my priorities is my kids I'm not one that believes in that type of thing. I'm I'm more of your priority should still be your gift. It should still be yourself. Because if you're not on top of your game, you do a disservice to everybody that's relying on you. Absolutely. And some of the some of the things that we talked about in that chapter is, and you could put them in the book, you can put them in any order that you want to. But we talked about you know, in terms of priorities, your family, your friends, T. Lachelle double back on us, and she's still talking about the heart. So we gotta, we gotta respond. She said, okay. "Oh, I had a conversation today where I admitted that I didn't trust my heart." Mm. What does she mean? She didn't. You don't. What do you mean? You don't trust your heart? And then she followed up and said, "It's when your heart's desire overrides discriminant that gets." So I was no 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 no, no. T Michelle, you ain't got to say sorry. I mean please you, you asked the question. I didn't get to the question fast enough. I apologize for that. I um, um been watching um Game of Thrones. I wasn't watching it when it was popular, but I've been watching it um recently. I just finished the eighth season today. And one of the things that they said that was very meaningful to me was that sometimes love is the duty of um is the death of duty mm -hmm. and sometimes duty is the death of love 
And when I heard that, it just hit me so hard that sometimes love can be so powerful that it can override those things that you know you should do. And then sometimes the things that you should do are so critical and so important that they override that love. I think when it comes to trusting your heart, continue to make decisions where you honor yourself. Continue to make those decisions and you can't you can't base or you should not base your future actions based on your past decisions. Keep, keep finish up, Julia. Just give me one second. OK. Yeah, don't, you know, like don't don't believe that, you know, because this experience was this experience in the past that it will always be this way. One of the things that I try to do is not only, you know, in terms of relationships, but just and I know you do this, Tila Shao, you know, daily goals, weekly goals. The more that you keep to your word and practice keeping to your word for yourself, you're building up that muscle. And you can trust that you will do the same thing when it comes to, to, to making choices involving your heart. My grandfather used to say, whenever you have a decision to make between your heart or your mind, follow your mind. Your heart can talk you out of things that you know are right to do. But here's the other thing I think is probably more important than all of that is that situations that are good for you and that are healthy for you and that are healthy choices for you won't make you feel like the decision between your heart and, and your mind are that difficult. So mm. kind of hold on to that too. Mm. It's easy. <laughs> it's easy. You can keep, you can keep, you can maintain both. You don't have to feel like you're sacrificing one over the other. See the show popping in the chat tonight. Damn. So, so King said before we go to priorities, King said um you have to be careful with your heart. Yeah, it it, it you do. It it is um as they say, delicate. You could put your heart in your hand. I don't know if you guys ever seen a heart on TV when they open up a chest cavity. You literally could put it in, in the palm of your hand. So it should be it should be delicate and held with care. I mean and it's the shape of a fist. Your heart is strong. Keep it that way. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we're going to ask that question again. Did you love your heart today? Did you love your heart anybody, today? So, any, so anybody in the chat, if you care to um, engage, ask yourself, did you love your heart today? How did you love your heart today? I know that one of what one of do? our... What did you do to take care of your heart? What did you do? Did you want? Did you get your um, blood flowing? Did you get did you get your oxygen level up? I know Joel loved his heart today. Yeah. I follow him on social media. Some people were playing hide and go seek, will play hide and go seek with feelings. And see yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's key to the heart is that that heart is um a driver of emotion. And that speaks about what Tila Shell is explain like you do have to be careful and you do have to know that your heart can because it is the driver of emotion not to allow your heart to override your 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 cognitive your, your mind and be like yo I, I gotta think you gotta think this through because your heart would be all over the place because that is the purpose of your heart to 
to be all over the place. And, you know, I, I do I do write about this in the book that, you know, as much as we may have experiences that we don't want to ever experience again and we make new commitments and we make new affirmations, it's possible that we might find ourselves in a similar situation. And to me, I don't find I don't find that as a fault or as a flaw. I find it as the universe giving you an opportunity to reaffirm for yourself what you said you wanted. Because if you can reaffirm for yourself what you said you wanted and you know that it's not that, the courage and the ability to walk away is honoring your heart, is honoring your mind, is honoring your priorities. So it's like it's it's okay because you can see it coming. You can see it happening. You see it. So being that you gave gave us a perfect segue to go back to priorities. Yes. Like I was saying, a lot of a lot of times we 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 don't prior we think that we're having um good priorities. And I'm not saying a person's priorities might be good today, then you reassess your personal situation and be like my priorities was all jacked up last year at this time. Like I was so focused on a job. Like one thing that a lot of people are starting to realize is that when you work at a job, um, guess what? They'll replace you if you don't show up tomorrow. You, you know, it may not be tomorrow, but they'll be, they'll, they will literally replace you. Oh, something happened with such and such. Oh, we got to get somebody else. So and, and we were putting our lives. Some of us put our lives, our emotion, with so much on a forty-hour work week, where we literally will will put uh, sixty hours worth of work in a forty-hour work work period. I used to be a sixty-hour person. I used to be a sixty-hour person, but that was my that was my focus at that time. Like I was really career-driven at that time. But I um, I was um, on social media a few weeks ago and I saw a post that really just like broke my heart. It was a person who said, who sh actually like turned the email from their job into like a meme so that you could see exactly what the employer had said. And what the employer had said was that somebody who worked in the team had passed away and that, you know, they're sorry for the loss and that they'll have services available. And, you know, um, if anybody wanted to to get together, get a card or whatever, that they could do that and, you know, whatever. So they put that in the company email. An hour and 45 minutes later, they posted the person's job on the same email chain. On the and same even, email even, chain. And even, you know, it's really sad that you had to bring that up. But even to the aspect of, I, I just gave a scenario of a job and you gave that perfect uh, situation. But even even to the point, like, you know, for the people that got kids, I, I, and, I, and I know I may, I say I may come off cruel when I say this because I do have a child. But for me, for me, I used to be one of them people like, you know, I'm doing this for my son. I'm doing this. And it never worked. It would be it would be temporary. Once I started realizing for me, yo, do this for yourself so you could be a better father. So you could be the father that you want your son to see. 
because for me, like I, I have to keep saying me because I know I'm not trying to dictate to nobody else how they should run their life or do their priorities. But for me, once I started making myself the priority and not really being selfish, but selfless, but focusing on me, then I was able to understand like, oh, people need me. People rely on me. So I got to be on top of my game. Um, I had a situation this week where I got caught way off guard on something. Like it came out of left field and I was bugging. I was moving fast and all over the place, making a bunch of calls. And I realized something about myself when it happened. I said, you know, for me, I have to be a little bit more proactive with certain things. I'm more, sometimes you could be laid back and let things come. But for me, with this this particular situation that was going on, I should have been a little bit more proactive. You know, I stuck my head above, as they say, keep your grass low so you can see the snakes. But I let the grass get a little too high, and I stuck my head out, and the snake was up there like, I caught you. I see you. <laughs> I caught you. So you done, came, you done came up. Right. So it was a crazy situation. And um, once I got proactive about it, I kind of like rectified it. But like I said, it's about focusing on you and, um, you know, in understanding this, this book and prioritizing this, make you the priority. You know, definitely that job, man. That jobs, I believe that jobs, and this is why a lot of people that we know when they work 30, 40 years, and the minute they retire, what happens? A lot of people say they pass away. You know why? Because the job was their life. The job was their life, and they turned that stress was part of their heart being healthy mm. and mm. when they died when they left the job mm. that, health, that heart getting the customer being healthy wasn't healthy no more it was something mm. that was off kilter like you may have a job where you walking around like a lot of a lot of our elders come from the industrial age where they walk, worked in plants they may walked around whether they realize not you may may walk around exercise 10 miles a day Five, 10 miles a day. They might get on a cart, but they moving. But then when they get retired, now they sitting around. They're not moving. But Quentin, on the point of priorities, something that you had said earlier actually feeds into this, into this, into that chapter, which is that, you know, we know that people are important to us, but we don't realize how important we are to other people. And you know, my, my feeling is we're all amazing. We all contribute in different ways. And we have so many different people that we interact with that we give different things to. And um, in, in the chapter on priorities, it kind of asks you to outline where are you giving yourself in different in different situations and different scenarios so that you can prioritize it. Because sometimes we just run. Yeah. You just run without, you know, thinking about how all of that running is affecting our our gift, ourselves and our heart even sometimes. So just kind of like outlining what are the things that I'm responsible to? What are my goals? And just kind of like who's relying on me and outlining those things so that, you know, 
how much time you can give to others and how much time you need to give to yourself. Uh, Tila Shell made a comment here that I'm going to put up. And I swear this this comment, it, it hits home. She said, oh, ooh -wee. I cried on the job before because I was counting on all of the talents I had, but they were dormant from the time I clocked in until I clocked out. Then I was too tired to flourish for me. Mm. 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 Tila the reason why I like that statement is because not just a job, but us as human beings, what we do is we love to be comfortable. And in order to bring out the best of you sometimes, you have to be put in a spot where you're not comfortable. I get what she's saying though. I think I think when it comes to black excellence, when it comes to black excellence, I haven't seen it so much. I, I pay attention to everything. I haven't seen it so much with men. I think especially like on the job, and let's say like in corporate environments or just you know, office environments, that when your talent is identified, or even if your talent isn't identified, if they just want to throw some junk your way because they know you could do it, <laughs> right? But when you're in those type of environments as a black man or as a black woman, the expectation is that you will not say no. I think we saw something in the chat the other day where it was like, what job had you effed up? And somebody was like- um, All of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I looked at that and I was cracking up. Somebody was like, all of them, why you ask me that? All of them. Then somebody else said any job that had other duties as a son, like <laughs> just, have you do everything and it's like we don't it's almost like we don't feel free to be able to say no or to be able to compromise or to be able to negotiate and so all of the talent and all of the intelligence that we have it, it's funny i had a, um an old timer um give me some advice about 20 about 20 over 20 years ago and he he used to see me go to work i was working for waste management at the time and he used to see me go to work and I was happy every day just going to him from work. So he said to me, it's like, you know, I really, um, he was in the sixties at the time, you know, he was like, you know, I really appreciate, you know, that you, you happy, you, you like your job. So I told him, I said, Thomas, I don't like my job. <laughs> so he, he come from, he came from a family of electricians. His father was electrician. He was an electrician, his son was an electrician, and actually his grandson at the time was going to school to be an electrician. So he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I just, I'm just happy. I'm not happy about the job I got. I don't really like what I do there. So he had told me, he said, you know, whenever you got a job, he said, don't look at it as a job. He said, because if you look at it as a job and you don't like it, it will add years onto your life. Um, so, so he always said, do what you love to do, do something that, 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 that you take pride in doing. It makes you feel good when you do it. I had a situation today at work where I, I was able to be a little prideful because a couple of weeks ago, uh, me and individual had a run in, he thought something and then the day he kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have, I, I should have gave you the benefit of the doubt because now you work in me. You know, so I kind of had to had to have my moment, you know, to okay. but, but 
saying that is a lot of people are unhappy with their job. A lot of people are in situations where they just work. And, and that heart is the strain. The strain. And go back to the heart and priorities and how they all tie together. And that's, you know, part of the priorities piece, too, is that <laughs> once you once you outline what it is that you'd like to achieve, if you're not there yet and you outline it, then you can start making plans for how to get there. I mean, sometimes we have control over the jobs we have, but sometimes we don't. So if you find that the job that you're in is not fulfill fulfilling or you're not able to ask for projects or tasks that allow you to to flourish, then you have to find it outside of work. What did Michelle say? Michelle say? I quit that job. <laughs> I, I know she did. She said, I, she said I fired my boss. I know she did. You have to be valued. I mean, and that's and that and is how you have to look at it. Like you know, ask yourself, and and this is when, like Julia said, and how she placed the book, going over your priority list. Does that job appreciate you? Does that job appreciate? Ask yourself for those of us that work. Ask yourself: Does the job appreciate you? Does your supervisor appreciate you? Like you know, a lot of people at jobs, they're the quarterback. So they got to kind of like, you know, figure, you know how it is at, at jobs, you got to figure out personalities, whether who clash, and you, you you might just have a task, or you might be in a team setting. And team settings are a little different. Team settings is you got to know everybody's personality. You got to be able to give orders, get orders. I mean, we could do a whole show on that. I mean, you that's know what's the situation. You know what's unfortunate, though, and what kind of makes jobs more frustrating than they have to be is that everybody has a particular, you know, expectation of their role. And there are some people who are just excellence is their standard. They like to follow policy and procedure. They like to follow protocol. They're good communicators. They get things done. Those people usually take on the weight of the people who are not doing the other things. And that that drive and that attention to detail and that level of excellence is not something that you can just say, oh, I'm not going to do it because, you know, they're not doing it. You still you still have to do it because that's who you are. It's just unfortunate that more companies or organizations don't understand the strain that that puts on that on that excellent person. And, and it's the same thing in your life. You could be the one in your family who always gets things done and people are always coming to you. And it's like, could you please? <laughs> so setting your priorities are good, you know, to have those things in mind. Michelle said, after I quit that job, I traveled more, took a family vacation. Time, freedom is a must. Is a must, is a must. That's a priority for her. And so, so how she built that understanding, in. We don't have to go over standards because we did that the last two shows. Yes. The next, the next part of the book that we want to discuss is your love. Yes. Uh, yeah. So as I said, this 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 um, first section of the book is about your creation. And, and just as a reminder, we're on a journey to the throne. And so in terms of 
thinking about your self-identity and where you are today, what has affected who you know yourself to be? God, your your me, upbringing? Thirsty? I realize I have my water next to me. I have to jump up and, you know. <laughs> so it's your upbringing, it's your relationships, it's your health, it's all those other things. And when it comes to love, and I think T. Lachelle hit the nail right on the head, is that sometimes the, the choices that we've made in the past make us a little less confident about the choices we might make in the future. And I hear a lot of people talk about that. I hear a lot of people talk about that. And, and you and I talk about that a lot, that people you know, are not interested in dating because they don't have time. What they're really saying is that they're afraid that they may not be able to identify someone who's real and some between someone who's real and someone who's not. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's interesting because a lot of people will, like you said, they'll, they sabotage their situation. Or they come in the door fake from the beginning. Like you just never know. You got to give it time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I find that to be, I find that to be interesting. Like you come, you, you know, you, you saying you, you, you looking, but you're not looking. But then you, you, you're too busy reflecting on something in the past. But then you say, you know, it's just a whole smorgasbord of stuff going on. And next thing you know, you done did this for how long you been in this situation? Oh, 10 years. Now you bitter Betty. <laughs> and I just say bitter Betty because it sounds good. It, it could be a man or a woman. <laughs> bitter Bob. The, yeah. chapter, the chapter allows you, it has a worksheet in it that allows you to examine maybe that, that, that relationship that was probably most impactful, most traumatic in your life so that you can get clear on some things about that. Like, what did you give to it? Or what did it give to you? Or what was it that you really needed that you did not get from it? And like going through those questions help you kind of be clear about who you are and what it is you want now. And then it also asks the question, do you just give your love away or do you require someone to earn it? Hmm. Answer the answer that say that again, Julia. Do you just give your love away or do you require for someone to earn it? Your trust, your loyalty, your love. Like we're gonna let the view we're gonna let the viewers ponder upon that. Okay. Because that because that is an interesting question that do do what do we do? Do we make people earn anything? I asked a question in the in the group, I mean, about courtship. I mean, do do you take that time when you meet somebody to really, really get to know them? Like, this is a survey. This is a test. This is an application. This is um the figured out period. And I think that sometimes we don't want to go through the process of these steps, and we want everything else. We want the perks. You don't. You don't already gave yourself. Some of us already be so quick to give ourselves in our body, which should be sacred to the, to someone. And you don't know, you don't even know their last name. I like when you say you show them your, your you show them your ugly face, but they don't even know 
what makes yeah. you tick. <laughs> yeah, you show them your ugly face, but now you know what makes you tick. And we're all guilty of it, but at some point it has to stop. Like you, you. I think it's important to ask, to ask yourself, how does someone earn my love? What does that look like? Is that consistency? Is that honesty? Is that um, being emotionally available? Is it being honest? Like how does someone earn your love? And then because once you know what those answers are, you can look for it. Like Tila, Tila Shell asked a question. She said, well, she made a statement. She said, there's a song by Jasmine Solomon called Girl Like Me mm -hmm. that I identify with where they talk about gold diggers and hoochies ruining mm -hmm. the chance that love for good women with good men. Mm, interesting. There's a, there's a, we didn't go over it on the show, but there's a section um, in your standards where I talk about that exactly. I talk about how, you know, the, the choice that each woman makes is a reflection of all women. And the choice that each man oh. makes is a reflection of all men. Yeah. And it's not. A, you don't hear the key not, word. My, my, boy, my boy mentioned that in the show I saw the other day. What happened? Who? You, you, you know who. <laughs> Mr. Samuel. You know, you know who. Yes. Mr. Yes. Samuel. Yes. Yes. He, what he did he say? Um, and you know, I have to give, I have to, you know, I, I have to give Kevin Samuels his props. I, I, I really, you know, I enjoy his shows. Just put it that way. Um, I think that he's doing uh, a necessary thing for the for the shout culture. out to and Kevin Samuels. I know a lot of people don't like. I said I know a lot of people don't like his responses and don't like the way that he talks people. But if you really, like I said, don't watch those clips and think you know what he's talking about because. Those clips, it's it's a whole bunch of stuff that comes with before he says what he said. But anyway, he was basically talking about how we represent, we do represent all men. You do, you, and you we do represent, represent all women. Yeah, yeah. You 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 have a unique thing. You represent the black woman. The 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 the, the ideal picture or what pe people see when you put that out there. The, he he spoke about not a stereotype. I forget the words he used. Excuse me for um, being forgetful. But he was just saying. And so one the young lady was like, "No, I don't." She the girl that you was just talking about don't represent me. He was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not putting it like that." But when you go out there and you 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 out there and you doing what you're doing, you supposed to be as we would say back in the day on top of your game. You 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 like. The way that you handle your business, you want men, for example, to know that the way Julia is moving every day is this is how all women are supposed to move with a certain amount of decorum with her, like a certain amount of class, a certain amount of respect. It shouldn't be, you should not be the outlier. Should be you shouldn't be the outlier, but we can't help that we have outliers. We're going to have outliers. The issue comes in where either we as women or you as men see that someone is an outlier and don't have the conversation with them about what they can do to elevate their presentation, elevate their communication, elevate their lifestyle. We don't have those conversations. 
We don't have those conversations. I mean, th these days you could barely say anything to anybody without them catching an attitude. But if we were if we were still living as community and tribe, we would be having those conversations. And, and that goes to what we always discuss about feel for the fodder. If you want to feel the negativity, the the the, the gender war issue. Um, putting me in that stereotype that I'm a hoochie or I'm easy, all I wear is weave, um, my fupa is bigger than everybody else's. And I mean, it's, it's amazing how we think. I mean, a lot of, I know at one time speaking to this and speaking about what T. Lachelle had put about Jasmine Sullivan, I remember one time they said, oh, all men, female was like, all men like women with feet boobs and fake butt and I'm like no they don't <laughs> no they don't a lot of men don't like that but it's funny because this is a lot of times what we represent and what we make women think and how we act will make you think that's what all men like if if I were if I were not a part of the, of the culture not part of the diaspora not a black woman, not part of a black family, not part of a black community. If I was not that, but I was on the outside looking in, especially images, you know, videos, all kinds of stuff. And I looked at our people um, from the outside looking in, I would see a vast spectrum. Mm a vast spectrum between hoochies and CEOs and guys who are sagging and guys on yachts. And it's like, what's the identity? What do I choose to believe? And what I have to follow is what I see most of. And unfortunately, what we see most of is negativity. You think you think that that um, because you see the most negativity, you think that erodes the culture? I don't think it erodes the culture. I think that we are so powerful and unique and diverse that, and we're always shifting. So there's always something new. I think the the greatest harm is that we have women have perceptions of men. And men have perceptions of women. And, and, and that goes back to my favorite subject, the gender wars. Now, whether that perception is true or not, that's when the individual needs to find out. Instead of holding the perception and thinking this is, oh, all women do this, or all men do this, or all women think like this, or all men think like that. But you can't, you really can't. It's hard to, it's, it's difficult, I will say, to come away from the perception. When I look at my experience, I know what my personal experience has been in relationships, right? But I also know that I've had good relationships and I know good men and amazing men and my brothers are men, right? So I don't have like a negative perspective against black men. However, I had to come out of a group on Facebook because every conversation 
was about stereotypes of black women and stereotypes of black men. And then there would be at least 900 comments affirming the stereotype, mm. affirming it. And it's like this, y'all are crazy. Y'all need to, y'all need to travel. <laughs> y'all need to meet new people. It, it's, it's funny because when you, when you in groups, right? Um, a lot of times groups may have like a particular area that the group is, is in. So you, you kind of want to have um, a group with a little bit more diverse, um, definitely from, like you said, the culture is, you had these, when you're in these groups and they, they local, so to say, or even not local, but a particular area, everybody kind of like know each other. You do kind of like get the all the same narrative and you want to be, be in those type of groups or whatever to broaden your perspective to, to, to really, even if you have those type of um, stereotypes about people, sometimes you need to be challenged on the stereotype. Then you'd be like, you know what? My view is different because your experience, um, one of the, one of the, the, the guys that I'm cool with, he, he quotes, he said, a man can only speak about his experiences. And, and it's the truth sometimes because a lot of people live in that shelter. Work, home, school, work, home, school, shopping, work, home, school, Popeyes, work, home, that school. Expands. I said, I said Popeyes. I know, I tasted the fish sandwich immediately. <laughs> I want to um, speak to T. Lachelle's comment, though. T. Lachelle says, so how can we... At, um, aid That's and correcting. Right. So how can we aid in correcting unflattering mm -hmm. behaviors in our community? The first thing you could do, Tila Shell, is self. Mentor. So one of, I always said to myself, you never want to be the old person, the get off my lawn type of person. Um, because we all done that. We all were, were younger. We all did some things that we may not be too proud of today. The best thing is one thing that I learned about even communicating with younger people a little bit is they're watching. When you think they're not watching you, they're watching you. Just how we could go back in our Rolodex and say, remember such and such? He, he or she taught me a lot. They taught me how to be a man, taught me how to tie a tie, taught, you know, ladies, young ladies speak about older women who taught them how to you know, be a woman, but but be be classy. That's how you pay it forward. You just gotta just live according to what you think your good standards are, and just because people are watching you and they like, you know, I, I I see such and such. They go to work every day. They're responsible. They always speak. They always say hello. You'll never get no negative energy. And then when you walk in that room, and that energy just brightens when you walk in the room. That's when you know you really got an effect on. Your community, people want I, you to know. They are watching, but I also I also believe that we can give them something different to look at, which is which is why mentoring is important. If you are able to like connect with a group in your community, a viable, reputable group in your community that offers mentoring for young women or for young men volunteer to be a mentor because the the only reason why people make 
the choice, the, the choices that they make and make the same choices over and over again is because they don't know that they have alternatives or they don't know that they have options. So if you have a, a young person that you can take under your wing and have conversations with, you know, about life and expose them to different things, you know, unfortunately, like, and I see it, I see, I see it a lot. Like, some some young some youth who are 15 or 16 years old have never really gone to dinner in a restaurant like mm. sat down at a table with a menu and made their dinner selection like it's important for our youth to have those types of experiences some of our our youth have not traveled outside of their their areas like it's important to take a trip maybe to the downtown area see what's going on in the downtown area exposure allows you to know that you can make different choices. And if you feel like you're in a position where you can't make that choice just yet, if it's based on finances, education, relationship, then you start building the education, the finances and the relationships. Tila Shells made me smile with this one. She said, for me, I looked to my mom and Felicia Rashad. They lived the examples of the woman I wanted to become today. That's very important. Um, Who are and, kids looking at now? Yeah, I mean, you know, and that was one of the things that um, Dr. Cosby tried to portray in those two shows. I mean, I, I think about today when people talk about HBCUs and I mm. think about a different world and I'll be like, yo, HBCUs owe Bill Cosby so much by that show because everybody wanted to go to HBCU after that show and during that show. But and think about it. How many people knew that an HBCU existed prior to that show who didn't have, yeah. you know, the, the, the traditional, the history of attending college in their family. It was the exposure that, that let them know it was possible. Yeah. So, so like Julia said, like, it's unfortunate that we don't see those type of family orientated um, black shows but we have to get to a point where we require we require it. Okay, it's okay to have your wire, your power, but that's adult TV. That that was like even back then, the adults watched the adults things, and we watched the children things. I mean, we watched we watched the Cosby Show. Um, what was amazing about the Cosby Show is funny. Tila Shell said Felicia Rashad. I didn't really like the Cosby Show. Until it was over, and then, and then I watched the final season, and I'm like, "Oh, what was I missing the whole time?" Like I would see it, but it wasn't a show that I would run home to, and I didn't understand. And you know, I was younger, so I didn't understand what Doctor Doctor Cosby was trying to come across with that show. Um, Denise, we had Denise and Sandra and Vanessa yeah, and. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, these were all, and even Felicia Rashad, but the, the one thing about all of the females on that show is that they were beautiful. They were, think they thought independently of like the situation. They had their own original thought. They communicated what, what they thought, what they needed, etc. They also showed emotion on almost every episode. Some somebody got mad, and none of them would be categorized as an angry black female. They were able to show emotion on that show. I remember. Yeah. 
Oh, she's gonna make me watch the Cosby Show now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, even if you if you, even if you go back now and you watch the um the reruns, because sometimes I catch a different world and I'll be like, wow, hilarious. The marriage, the marriage was the the marriage. Ooh, Whitney the and Dwayne. Marriage. The marriage. <laughs> They gave us what what we what we wanted and what we needed in that episode. Yeah, they gave it all to us, right? Oh, but, um, we're gonna close out on that note. Okay. Because that was a perfect note. Yes. He was not having it. <laughs> <laughs> but, Trying um, to get my woman. We, we, yeah, we we appreciate you guys watching the show and um, thank you so much. You know, realize uh, Tila's show. We appreciate your interaction because. Yes, it, al- it it allows us to have a discussion with a third person, and a, a different perspective, and, and 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 us to keep a conversation going, and be able to 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 just have like yo, you know, you brought up Felicia Rashad, and just think about the images, think about being able to have an effect on your community and not realize it. I'm quite sure now, looking back at it, Felicia Rashad was everybody's mother. We all did go to Hillman. Like, yeah. Like, we was there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so instead of us I always identifying with the negative part of our community, which may, which we may not even see a negative. It just might just be a part of our community that we don't like to talk about. We may need to talk about the, the positive images. Like, yo, I got inspired. I got inspired to go to medical school because of Bill Cosby. I got inspired to be a lawyer because of Felicia Rashad. Like, or I choose to I choose to promote and follow conversations that are positive, images that are positive. And if I don't do that all the time, I balance it out with the other stuff so that my thinking is not skewed to one side, that I do understand there's a spectrum and that I get to choose where I fall in that spectrum. And I think, you know, that's one of the things that's important and stop placing people in, in different aspects of the, of the spectrum. With that, we're going to close the show and um, we will be back on our schedule next Thursday, 9 PM. And what's next Thursday's show on Julia? So we're closing out the first chapter, which was creation. Now we're going into the, um, I'm sorry, last section. Now we're going into the next section, which is evolution. This is where we get to formulate who we choose to be next. That's right. So with that, hopefully appreciate all you guys in the chat joining. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Definitely um, promote. Thank you, Tila Shell, for your nice kind Thank words. Thank you. Thank um, rem- remember, you know, um, the logo, the, the the slogan that I have is um, I water you, you water me, and we grow together. One of the best ways of supporting the, the channel is to like, share, and subscribe. It's very easy, and it doesn't cost just to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button with the bell, so you'll get alert for the show. It triggers the algorithm, and it'll invite people in, a new audience in. And share it with your family and friends that you know who are like-minded and will be willing to just have a different, have a conversation with us about Julia's work. With that, have a blessed night.
so often we are referred to as queen. But have you ever stopped to admire the beauty of your crown? Thank you.